The Boston Bruins managed to give away a fairly winnable game against the Edmonton Oilers on Thursday night. Going to break that all down and talk about what's next in a back-to-back game weekend coming up here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Let's get into it. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Friday, November 12th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms. It's also available on YouTube, so please do subscribe, whether you listen or watch or both. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed, to the channel, uh, for you to listen and enjoy at your leisure. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. Uh, I really enjoy some of the comments coming in on YouTube, and it's a great place to keep the conversation going. Uh, On today's podcast, we're going to talk about last night's game, look towards a uh, back-to-back weekend game slate before another extended break for the Boston Bruins, just ridiculous scheduling. Uh, before we get to that, quick reminder, you can follow the podcast at Locked NHL Bruins on both Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets, at Ian C. McLaren. Now, last night, the Bruins had a 3-2 lead heading into the third period against Connor McDavid, the Andrei Saddle, and the Edmonton Oilers. They had been up one nothing and two to one previously in the game. They had held those leads for a total of 64 seconds. And uh, as their leads had slipped away in, earlier in the game, uh, their grip on the result slipped away for good. Thanks to some very costly uh, mistakes, some self-inflicted wounds in the third period, the Bruins surrendered three goals over the final 20 minutes and uh, fell five to three to the Oilers at TD garden, their first loss on home ice this season. Uh, The first mistake occurred off the stick of Brandon Carlo uh, misplayed the puck in the defensive zone, allowed Leon Dreisaitl to grab the puck and put it past Linus Allmark for the game tying goal. And then Dreisaitl uh, struck again to put the Bruins ahead for the first time when he got free in the net in front of the net and deposited a feed through traffic from Cody CC. Uh, Bruce Cassidy said, we absolutely beat ourselves 100%. Uh, and he took some ownership uh, of the loss as well. He said, I've got to do a better job because when a team beats itself, that's on us as a coaching staff, we've got to do a better job getting them ready to play, understanding the details of what it takes to win. A lack of not shooting is 100% on us. We've got to get that message across because we're not good enough to make some of the plays we're trying to make. And uh, that harkens back to uh, David Pasternak. We talked a couple weeks ago or maybe last week about how he uh, was maybe trying to make that extra play, not being assertive on the puck. 
Uh, it's a, a trend that continues, and he even um, mentioned it again last night. As for the um, the Carlo mistake, he said it was unfortunate for sure, but it's how you respond after that. Didn't do a very good job there. One of those nights where he said the third period was probably one of the worst he's ever had in his career. But overall, you got to take it, learn from it. Things just got away from us a little bit. And he didn't respond very well personally, he admitted. But overall, a great learning experience. Take the positives from it. That's all he can do at that point. Good of him to take on that responsibility, to keep himself accountable. You know, Carlo's been wearing an A this season, so it's good to have that leadership vibe. Uh, and Bruce Cassidy, again, like I said, he took it on him himself as well. On the coaching staff to make sure they're playing the right way, he said the best chance they have to win another good team found a way to beat us in crunch time at some point it's not by accident the coaching staff has to do a better job uh, the Bruins did push hard for the tying goal in the minutes following dry sidles go ahead uh, tally there were some grade a chances including a partial breakaway that Nick Felino rang off the post a wide open chance from Pasternak that hit off uh, Miko Koskinen's skate as he sprawled out in the crease with around eight minutes to play. Uh, Pasternak said he saved it with the skates. Knows it's obviously unacceptable. Eight minutes left. Tie game. The whole rink is looking at you. It's frustrating, especially when you're used to bearing those chances. Be patient a little bit, and it will pull around. But it's frustrating that he wasn't able to tie the game and hopefully change the outcome. For me, you get one chance, bury it, need to be a little bit more patient around the net and score, especially in times like that. He did score earlier in the game, seemed to have kind of taken the proverbial monkey off his back. Uh, but like I said, the Oilers scored, I think, 44, no, yeah, 44 seconds after that one, 20 seconds after the second goal. And um, another miscue cost the Bruins late. They were still pushing for the tying goal, but Connor Clifton turned the puck over uh, in the defensive zone, led to Cody CC firing one into the net to give the team a 5-3 lead with 2-19 remaining. Cassidy said, I'm sure there's games we've won where the other coach said, geez, you know, we beat ourselves, but we're the Bruins. We have some good players, and there's a lot that goes into beating yourselves. Some of it is the respect for the game. A freaking hockey, right? Like, who are you playing against? How to play the right way? So again, that's on us to make sure the message gets across that you've got to respect the game, play the right way, play the way you need to play to have success. It's just a lack of focus. We'll get into some other post-game comments from this one here in a moment, as well as a look ahead at the weekend. But first, a quick word about Built Bar the best tasting protein bar on the market. And it is perfect as a Thanksgiving dessert substitute. A lot of people will be eating that uh, coconut cream pie, raspberry pie, pumpkin pie. Only one slice of that pie has about 300 calories. And that's on the low end, to be honest. Most built bars have about 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, plenty of protein. They're covered in 100% chocolate, so you can get that dessert feel from it, but they're low-calorie, low-carbs, low-fat, and high in protein. 
share some at your favorite family gathering and it will make uh, things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a built bar yet and she'll see why you're choosing this dessert alternative instead of uh, scarfing down another piece of pie. There's nothing like built bar Black Friday as well. Mark your calendars. They'll be having a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Thank you again for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms as well as on YouTube. So please subscribe both uh, in the audio and video forums. That would really mean a lot. There were some bright spots in this one. Uh, the checking line of Anton Bleed, uh, Thomas Nosek, and Curtis Lazar was outstanding for their work, keeping McDavid relatively quiet for most of the evening. No issue with their line, Cassidy said. Did a terrific job. They checked well, managed the puck well, got above people, limited the damage. D-zone coverage was solid. Uh, McDavid did get in a couple times. And uh, there was a lot of backlash on Twitter and some articles this morning decrying the officiating in that one. He was definitely tripped at one point. That wasn't called. Um, But uh, even though that occurred and he was able to get in some chances, Linus Allmark stood tall. And uh, overall, the fourth line did a good job holding him off the score sheet. I think he maybe had one assist, maybe two assists. With McDavid, you've really got to guard against trying to stand him up. Got to just take him out of the good ice, lead him outside. Uh, Brandon Carlo, I know, fell prey to uh, McDavid's uh, skills, as did Derek Forbort. But uh, overall, a good job keeping him off. But, of course, you know, Leon Dreisaitl has been right there. Uh, with McDavid in the scoring races over the past couple seasons, just as capable of putting the puck in the net. And of course he did twice in the third period to give the Oilers the lead. Uh, The middle six is becoming a a bit of an issue. Uh, Still secondary scoring, eluding the Boston Bruins. It's been the first line that's been doing much of the heavy lifting. And Bruce Cassidy said, There are guys who are trying to make plays that aren't there or don't have the ability to make. It's 11 games in now. You don't want to overanalyze. Some of these guys have been in the league for a while. You assume assume they're going to make uh, plays, but they're not. You have to get that message across that there's different ways to score goals. Not everyone can be Bergeron's line. Not everyone can play like McDavid. The coaching staff has to do better at getting the players to understand what they can be successful at, how they can help the team win. Then the offensive part of that is just going to be a little bit more of a shot mentality. They've tried to address it, but clearly it's fallen on deaf ears. They've got to do a better job messaging that. Uh, Definitely in the third, Pasternak said there was plenty of opportunities. Need to have a shooting mentality. Uh, Nick Foligno, like I said, he came back in this one, played on the second line with Taylor Hall and Charlie Coyle. He had two shots on goal, as well as that uh, post in the third period, which doesn't count as a shot. A uh, little bit of rust there, but he tried to play the Nick Foligno way, which is a positive. If you look, if you look at the Bruins' stats, you know, 
Marshan, Bergeron, Pasternak, the only Bruins at or even near a double digit point total so far this season. Uh, six and 10 for 16 points for Marchand, five and six for 11 points for Bergeron, Pasternak with four goals, six assists for 10 points. And then there's a real drop off there. Taylor Hall has seven points through 11 games, as does Charlie McAvoy. Uh, Charlie Coyle with six points. And then no other forward has more than three points. Uh, So that's, you know, five forwards with more than three points on the season. Jake DeBrusque only has two goals. Uh, Lazar, two assists. Uh, So it's a real no man's land beyond the first line with Coyle and Hall kind of chipping in as well. Craig Smith has been all zero so far with a minus seven rating. I know that's not. Uh, a huge indicator necessarily in today's climate, but still uh, not great at all. And so these guys really need to, to start getting going in order to uh, give the Bruins a chance to win. I've said on the podcast before that the Bruins underlying numbers are encouraging five on five. They're second in the NHL with a 55.4 Corsi rating. So that's a shot attempt differential. In terms of expected goals, five on five, the Bruins are third at 55.43. But when it comes to actual shooting percentage, five on five, they rank 30th, 5.59. So hopefully the Bruins can turn that around over the weekend. They have two games on tap, one against the New Jersey Devils on the road, 1 p.m. start on Saturday afternoon. And then they return home for a game against the uh, rival Montreal Canadiens, who they haven't played in some time. The Devils are off to a pretty good start, actually. Uh, even though they've been without star center Jack Hughes, they are 7-3-2 and two, uh, for a 6.67 point percentage, plus four goal differential. Uh, that compares with the Bruins, who are 6-5, 5.45 uh, point percentage, minus two goal differential. Uh, so that's not going to be an easy game. The one against the Canadians should be a slam dunk right now. Uh, if you look at point percentage in the Eastern conference, the Bruins rank 12th, uh, tied with the, uh, New York Islanders at 545 behind uh, a bunch of teams, obviously in both the Atlantic and the metropolitan division. I tweeted after the game last night that, You know, if the Bruins continue down this path, they're going to be hard-pressed to even make the playoffs, let alone win a round or two. Uh, And it very much looks possible that the Metropolitan Division could be responsible for five playoff teams with only the top three advancing in the Atlantic. And right now, the Bruins just aren't on the same level as the uh, Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay Lightning, even the Toronto Maple Leafs, even if they do squeak in, you know, it's going to be difficult to win around the way things are right now without perhaps uh, an injection of offense up front and uh, certainly some more pieces added on the blue line. This current group of six just is not getting it done. Uh, Derek Forbort should not be on the top pair. It should be uh, McAvoy and Grizzly. Uh, Connor Clifton, I don't think, can do heavy lifting over 82 games. And, uh, you know, 
Carlo admittedly has to be better, although he's been pretty solid so far. I'll give him perhaps a pass for last night's game, but uh, it can't happen regularly uh, to be sure. So the Bruins, two games coming up on the weekend, Saturday afternoon in New Jersey, Sunday night against Montreal. That will be must-watch. And then they have five full days off before playing uh, next Saturday. So uh, not fun to have a whole week of podcasts without games to talk about, although we'll talk about the um, Sunday game on Monday's podcast for sure and hopefully get some uh, guests to jump on the podcast to uh, chat about the Bruins season thus far. Before we get to some news and notes from around the NHL, quick word about Bet Online. They're back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of hockey and basketball. They have more props, odds, and lines than ever before. They're your number one spot for all football action this season as well. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile site to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON uh, to receive that bonus. From basketball, hockey, football, baseball, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. What's going on around the NHL? Well, they were talking about Tugarask last night on TSN's Insider Trading. Um, Chris Johnston reporting, as we all know, Rask has been working out at the Bruins training facility. He remains without a contract as he works towards returning from off-season hip surgery. His agent told Johnston his goal is to get healthy and return to play as soon as possible, perhaps by January. Others also were that he could be in line to play for Finland at the Olympics as a way of getting back uh, into game shape. I would assume that uh, UC Saros will be the starter for them, of course. But um, yeah, he could be certainly a backup. He's indicated that he's willing to play for the Bruins at less money. Uh, and Jeremy Swayman would be sent down to the AHL if that were indeed uh, the case. Uh, what else is going on around the NHL? Troy Terry, if you're not on him in your fantasy league, you're missing out. He is on a 13-game point streak uh, after the Ducks beat Seattle last night, 7-4. A very surprising team. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche uh, defenseman Bowen Byram left the game after taking an elbow to the face from Canuck center Bo Horvat. I mentioned that because Samuel Girard is potentially available in Colorado in part because of the play of uh, Byram. If he's injured for any period of time, that would take Girard off the market for the time being. And, uh, you know, that would be a very attractive trade target for the Boston Bruins for sure. What else is going on? Um, Rick Nash will become the first player in Blue Jackets history to have his number retired in an on-ice ceremony before the March 5th game against our Boston Bruins. He, of course, had a brief stint. I uh, very much wish he had remained healthy and uh, very well-deserved for number 61. He was a great player, especially for the Columbus Blue Jackets. The latest on the Blackhawks situation, lawyers representing the team sent a letter to Kyle Beach's attorney requesting mediation. 
In their lawsuit settlement negotiations in the letter, the club's lawyers called Beach's initial demand extraordinary. Uh, Beach's lawyers replied the Blackhawks did not make a counteroffer. They are also seemingly willing to pay for therapy for John Doe, too, in this situation, but they need full documentation about how his trauma affected him, uh, which seems a little unfair. Um, so just do the right thing, Chicago. Like it shouldn't be this hard. Finally, the Ottawa Senators have a ninth player in COVID-19 protocol. Uh, they played the Bruins the other night, but it looks like the Bruins emerged from that unscathed and, uh, which is great, uh, great to see for sure that, uh, the Bruins weren't affected by that. And hopefully, um, the Senators can get back to full health sooner than later. Again, uh, credit to the Bruins last night for uh, the Colby Cave uh, Memorial uh, prior to the game where Emily came out uh, after a video tribute for Colby. She dropped the puck. A very emotional ceremony. She uh, hugged both Bergeron and McDavid a couple times before and after the puck drop. Each Bruins player uh, offered her a hug before she left the ice, which was very nice to see. A very long hug from Brad Marchand, who was clearly overcome by emotion. And uh, our continued support for Emily uh, for the Colby Cave Memorial Fund. Uh, she was on Nessin on Sportsnet talking about the fund. Uh, please do look it up and see how you can help uh, with those mental health initiatives and helping uh, underprivileged kids uh, learn to play the game and get the equipment they need to do so. That's it for today's episode. Of course, uh, again, two games on tap this weekend. So please do follow at Locked NHL Bruins or at ENC McLaren to follow along there. All the latest in terms of lineup news and potential changes or any breaking news, I will post a video on YouTube as well. Uh, please do subscribe if you haven't already. I hope you enjoy the weekend. I will be taking kids to hockey. We're going to try to do a brief family photo shoot. So fingers crossed the boys are amenable to that. And uh, yeah, catching up on some shows. I'm excited to check out that Shrink Next Door show with Will Farrell, Paul Rudd, and uh, Catherine Hahn. Maybe watch Yellowstone, of course, on Sunday night. And uh, yeah, just try to take it easy and catch up after a busy week. Thank you again for making Lockdown Bruins your first listen. Do go check out the Locked On Bets podcast, uh, your one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. From hosted, uh, your sorry, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis from Lee Sterling. All right, friends, have a great weekend. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episodes of Locked On Boston Bruins, and we'll catch you again on Monday. Take care, friends.